Blessed with a gift, I never planned to rap. A rapport builder, I relate by reporting facts. A lot of allies, bad apples, how I figured that. Surely who you rooting for gonna show me where you planted that. Craving food for thought, I could spare him a breadcrumb. We don't look to y'all no more, it's my new anthem. What I'm building got a strict floor plan. Take the cream out the Oreo, we cutting out the middleman, killing them. A lot of these dudes like flat braille, I ain't feeling them. My mind Titanic, ship them off, then I'm sinking them. If the connection bad, shut it off or you gonna sink with them. Cam raps, killer cam, same difference, that's a synonym. Tactical syntax, I'm black like the berry you call through. I mean, I'm black like a berry, I bear fruit. You see how easily words can get twisted? That's why I mind to run my own business. You dig it. CB the gang, man. Pornography Struggles and Race Conflicts at Liberty University. In this episode of Testimony Musician Story, the Rapzilla freshman of 2021, Cam, shares his Christian testimony. Cam's mom put the fear of God into him, so he lived a middle-of-the-road type life, except for his private struggles with pornography. Cam also discusses the racial conflicts that took place while studying at the Christian conservative school, Liberty University. Additionally, he breaks down problematic, Time for Real featuring Red Tips and Jack A. Soul and the freshman Rapzilla Cypher in the four song breakdown. Yeah, I get it. There was only three songs. So technically this is three song breakdown in the four song breakdown. <laughs> I am Gaelica Brown and this is Sound Seekers Presents Testimony and Musician Story. I'm Cam and this is my testimony. I would like to start with your first music memory, whether it be a song you heard, mm-hmm. a video, performance. Oh, man. First music memory, like, ever. Ever, yeah. Well, that you can remember. <laughs> <laughs> it probably had to be when I was, like, six or seven years old. I used to, uh, <laughs> I used to like, sneak into my parents' bedroom to watch the little music video countdowns on, like, 106 and Park and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't supposed to. But I just I just remember like that era, like early two thousands where like Jermaine Dupree was like running everything hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that probably honestly was my first like music memory, just watching him and all the artists he worked with, with their music videos and their music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the era when um him and Mariah were making all kinds of hits. Yeah, and that was like back. <laughs> that era, like the crunk era, all that stuff. Yeah. Everybody thought they were Little John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all of that. Okay. Yeah, I was like six. Okay. And where were you born and raised? So I was born in Maryland, but I was actually raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So I claim 757 till I die. I was raised there from the age three all the way up to, to 18 when I started bouncing between there and Northern Virginia where I went to school at, but Virginia Beach is home. Okay, Virginia Beach. And is Cam your real name? Yeah, so it's actually my nickname. My full name is Cam Brell, <laughs> but I got the nickname Cam in high school playing basketball. For some reason, my coach thought Cam Brell was too much. It was like two syllables, but he was like, can we go with Cam? I was like, I'm just trying to make the team. Yeah, let's yeah. go with Cam. So yeah, it stuck. It stuck, and I've loved it. I, it stuck. Okay. And did you have any siblings? Yes, I have a younger sister. She's actually eighteen, getting ready to start college, which is making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just one younger sister. Okay. Did you grow up in a two-parent household? Yes, I did. I did. I'm definitely blessed to have both parents. Sweet. 
And was it a Christian household? It was. It was. My mother especially was very instrumental in instilling faith in myself and my sister growing up. She's actually from South America. She's from Guyana, South America. Okay. So, uh, being where she's from, faith is, is a staple. Once you uh, once you give your life and submit your life to Christ, it's like a complete 180 turn. And then they take it very, very seriously. And she instilled that same just reverence for, for the faith in us, for sure. So she had given her life to Christ before she had you? Yeah, she gave her life to Christ. I want to say when she was... 11 or 12 she was one of the first people in her family actually she did and it kind of just trickled down through her family and her siblings from there so she kind of really became like a young matriarch (laughs) almost in her family and she definitely brought that over uh to the states when she came to the states when she was around 13 14 okay and then of course when she went on growing up and had me and my sister yeah okay um so was there any of her Ghana influence like in your upbringing oh yes i got i don't know if you can see this oh you can't hold on okay yes. keep is, the flag. oh yeah okay oh yeah i keep <laughs> i keep the flag on me okay. <laughs> no yeah it, it, Ghanaian culture plays such a role um growing up just like from the food to my character um one thing about Ghanaian people they're so strong so resilient and very passionate and I believe that you can hear all of that in my music, really. So it played a huge instrumental role in growing up. And so you grew up in a Christian household, but mm-hmm. when did the faith become real to you? Yeah, now this is where it gets interesting, because for me, I accepted Christ into my life when I was nine years old. Okay. And to give context to that, my mom, she used to, uh, <laughs> she found these like Christian workbooks that I guess they use in like private schools. I don't know where she found these, but she used to order them. And me and my sister used to work through them, you know, like little Bible stories and different lessons and things like that. And there was just one on Revelation. I don't know why Revelation was in like a fourth grade yeah. curriculum for private school. But yeah, it was in there. <laughs> so me and her were working through it, studying it. And I'm just, you know, she's trying her best to break down the end times to a nine-year-old. And I think, I don't know. It just something clicked like I need a savior. Like it wasn't necessarily like I felt scared or anything like that. It just something clicked inside of me. I really need a savior. And so that's when I was like, I want to accept Jesus. And I did. And I remember literally feeling the Holy Spirit come into my heart. But it really wasn't until six, seven years after that, when I was like 16 in high school, that I really believe I made my faith my own. Because um, like I said, I was raised in a Christian household, went to church. Bible study, prayer meeting, over the phone conference, all of that, you know? So it was just like, I knew the routine, but I didn't know like relationship necessarily. Um, and I used to always see my mom model relationship, but I'm like, how do you get there? Like, how did, how does she have, maybe that's just her thing or something, you know? So when I turned 16, being in high school and public school and just seeing like some of the things my friends were settling for mm-hmm. and getting into, it just made me question like, there has to be more to life than this like this we're we're like 16 in high school this can't be the peak you know yeah and that's when it that's when again it clicked like jesus and the relationship with christ opens opens your eyes to so much more um it just expands your perspective on life and so that's really where my real walk i think with christ as far as making my faith my own really began when you were 16 
16. By looking at when I was nine. and what they were doing. Yes. And a lot of kids get sucked in. Any of it, or you just were observing? No. No, my mom put the fear of God in me from <laughs> age. I was not. <laughs> like, that's not to say I didn't have certain struggles, too. And uh, we'll, that, I could, I'll definitely get into that. Um, but just seeing some of the things like drugs, weed, um, sexual things that people were getting involved in, I just, one was like, my mama don't play none of this. I can't, uh-uh. I, I stayed out the way. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. And I think her, her, the way I was raised and just, just my upbringing, it definitely kind of led me to steer the opposite direction versus like peer pressure sucking me in one way. So, well, that's, I mean, she really put the fear of God in you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't scared of the teachers, principals. <laughs> it was like, I'm a mama. Okay. So you gave your life to Christ at 16, but. Um, do you mind if I ask how old you are now? I'm 24. 24. I'm 24. So, Just turned 24 in June, yeah. Well, happy belated birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So the time span between 16 and 24, mm-hmm. like, I mean, how was that journey? Was it just all roses and pink <laughs> clouds? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I know, like, to anyone out there who's pursuing their relationship with Christ and their faith and thinks that it's going to be signing rainbows when you accept Christ is not, it's definitely been one of these. And I feel like my journey with just the faith is is a unique one because I don't have like the outrageous kind of crazy things necessarily that have personally happened to me or, and I also don't have perfect, like I just miss me being me and God skipping through daisies, you know, I'm like in the middle. And I feel like sometimes when you're kind of in that middle ground of like, well, there's uh, certain like struggles, like, for example, just being completely transparent. uh, I was exposed to pornography at a really young age, like 12, 13 by a friend. Mm -hmm. And the effects of that really hit me harder in high school Mm -hmm. as far as like dealing with like lust and struggling with lust. And for me, it wasn't like a thing that I acted on. But it was a thing that was like inside me and led to, you know, further uh, things looking into like pornography and things like that. And it really wasn't until I want to say sophomore, probably like first semester, sophomore year, where I really felt like I got deliverance from that. And so, you know, some of the things like that, which is a thing that many of Christians struggles with in silence, mm-hmm. you know, and so being in like that kind of a oh sorry i mean i was just gonna say also for your generation it was so much um accessible to you guys because you can yeah. pull up on your phones and cameras like yeah. back in my day yeah. when i was exposed to it it was actual vhs tapes mm. <laughs> in my neighbor's <laughs> house that she was stealing for like from her uncle and playing like Oh my goodness. Yeah, like magazines, all that. Yeah, magazines. Very accessible. But you guys can just pull it up on your phones or your Mm -hmm. iPads or whatnot. So I'm pretty sure like that struggle had to like really been challenging just because of the accessibility. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And even more so going like later in high school, like junior or senior year, just playing sports and, you know, peers being very sexually active and talking about it and trying to like not necessarily pressure me because everyone knew what I was on. You know, they knew 
that that Cam, you know, Cam's a Christian. We gotta, and they respected it. It wasn't like a lot. It wasn't like a, a let's joke and forward type thing. It was a respect thing for sure. Yeah. But they still were like, man, you you wanna have some fun? And I was just like, nah, man, I'm good off all that. But it was like the behind closed doors kind of personal struggle for sure. But you said when you were what, like seventeen, you felt delivered from that? What? No, honestly, it was probably sophomore year of college. I was what, eighteen. Okay. Yeah, so it was something that, like, it was one of those things where spending so long just kind of, like, battling it, like, talking to God, like, in, in private time, like, you know, God, can you take this from me? Just take this from me. Just take this from me. But not necessarily doing the things I needed to do to give it to him, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I remember, yeah, just kind of going back and forth with that, um, going to college thinking, you know, hey, starting fresh, this is college, it'll be left back no (laughs) follow me straight to school um and i just remember like so i went to liberty university put that out there (laughs) um so we we used to have these uh campus community nights which were like basically big bible studies campus-wide so we'd all meet in the big like basketball arena and have worship and bible studies and this is one night where we just worshiped all night and i just really felt i just like tugging at me and i remember I've never really been the real charismatic praiser kind of type that's like, you know, crying and like hands raised and all that. But that night, man, I just like felt the tug, tug, tug. And I knew exactly what it was about. And because that was really the one thing that I just had not like just given to God, you know what I'm saying? And so like that night, I remember just going down. Um, whoo, it's like all coming back, like in my, <laughs> I'm like feeling it in my chest. Yeah. I remember going down, um, just kneeling on like they basically created like a floor space which was like they're like this is like the altar altar open type thing went down I remember just kneeling down like prostrate just crying and I remember literally hearing like in my ear like you never get too close and that's been something I haven't written down like in my journal from that day and that was really the day I feel like I gave that to Christ and I had you know there was other like shepherds and leadership that came and was like talking to me praying over me and, you know, that that moment, I felt, was, like, that turning point in that in that struggle. So, yeah. That's, that's intense. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like, and but I honestly, I thank God for it, though, because mm-hmm. so many other people get, so many other people, I guess, like, are forced, delivered in other ways. Yeah. Whereas, you know, things come out and other things develop from that lust issue i mean we're seeing like we talk about a uh, man like robbie zacharias and all these other things and i'm just like god thank you for allowing me giving me the opportunity giving me another chance to give this to you in this type of a setting you know yeah. what i'm saying and and saving me from any other future repercussions and and things like that i'm not familiar with who do you say robbie zacharias what <laughs> Ravi Zacharias, the uh, he's or mm-hmm. I guess was a really renowned, oh, you know, Ravi Zacharias, yeah, yeah Ravi, and that whole, you know, all that that's been coming out with that situation, and you're hearing about all these other leaders, affairs, and all these other things yeah. that stem from that issue, you know. So, and so it's really good that you got delivered at such a young age too, though, and you didn't yeah. bring over into your grown adulthood. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just, I mean, of course, like, I feel like our struggles with sin don't 
there are times where they completely, you know, they might, you might get delivered and it's just gone, but yeah. a lot of things they linger, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the effects, sure. let me say the effects linger. Yeah. Um, and so I'll be, like I said, completely honest. Like even now there's times where like random, you know, thoughts and things like that will pop into your head, but it's like, I know for me, I'm on the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when the enemy, whatever, you know, just, if it's just psych, psych, uh, psychological, as far as just, so many years watching these things, viewing these things, and those just images coming. I'm able to grab those and throw them away. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's still an ongoing battle, but when I, mean, I feel like I'm on the other side of. And do you feel that it's also challenging being that you're in a relationship as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because me, and this is why I say my journey, I feel like it's really unique because a lot of the things that I've gone through, you would assume that they would turn me a certain way, but they really kind of turn me the opposite. So even, for example, with dealing with lust and things like that, it wasn't a thing that made me turn into like a womanizer and disrespect women. It pushed me the opposite way. Like, and I mean, maybe I was compensating subconsciously. I don't know, but I've always been someone who's respected women. My mother is one of the biggest role models to me and has taught me, uh, really what it means to be a man honestly mm-hmm. and how to interact with with girls and women and protect women in public and be vigilant all those things so it pushed me towards that way so even in my relationship now all that's coming out and, and I feel like I'm able to be the man that my girlfriend deserves in that relationship because of all all these things so yeah. that's awesome that's awesome and um, I see that your girlfriend is an actress and a podcaster from Cali. Yeah. <laughs> Bay Area. <laughs> oh, she's from the yes. Bay, too? Okay. She's from the Bay, yes. Okay. Oakland, Hayward. Yeah. yeah. Okay. From the so, Bay, man. So I'm from Sacramento, and obviously I'm oh, a podcaster. Word. And I act as well. So I was like, okay. Cool. Really? Y'all need yeah. to connect. Let me link y'all up. <laughs> see, what y'all, see if y'all can network some, for sure. That's yeah, because cool. she's getting ready to graduate from Liberty as well. And okay, she's she just got actually uh, nominated for an Irene Ryan Award for excellent performance in an original piece that um, some students from Liberty created called Decipher. So, shout out to her. But yeah, shout out, right on, right on. Um, I have to like commend some of you, your you artists because when I research you, I end up finding out about like either your girlfriends or your fiance yeah. or wives and they're like totally <laughs> amazing people i'm like can oh, i yes. interview them <laughs> <laughs> please do she would love that like, so every king is a strong queen i believe that thoroughly so liberty university um i did not go to a private university so mm-hmm. how was that experience um did you go to a public high school yes yeah, so public school all the way up the elementary middle high school and then went to a Christian, mm-hmm. conservative Christian college. <laughs> so that was another thing. My mom was like, I, I want y'all in public school. I want y'all to be able to go experience things and come home to me. And then um, us to hash those out and talk about those mm. versus kind of shielding you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I and like then that. You get to go to the Christian college yeah, and, and kind of, yeah. Just, it was because some people would think like you know Christian school Christian school prepares you to go out into like the world but it's it's, it's something different about being in public school and just getting exposed to things and being able to come home and and chop it up about them so 
Yeah. So, um, but going to the private school or Christian mm -hmm. college, what kind of, how was that experience in comparison to the public school? So one thing I would say, starting first, just on like a educational standpoint, I believe the Christian school experience was a lot better personally. Like the teachers, professors I had were very, very personal. They really cared about, about the students and would really go out of their way to accommodate the students. Like I remember this one time I got like food poisoning and I was out for a week and my teacher was like, hey, rest. You need some fluids. I can get some rent to your dorm. I was like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> so they're very, very personal. Okay. They really care about the students. Um, whereas I know I've heard of other like universities where it's just like, hey, I'm getting paid whether you come to class and you do this work or not. So yeah. do you. So no on that level, of course, deliver fluids to you. <laughs> I was like, what is this? This is some different hands and feet Jesus type stuff. This is crazy. <laughs> but that, you know, student body for the most part was great. I think where the rift kind of came in specifically at Liberty for me was being that it is a PWI, you know, it's a predominantly white institution. Um, and not just that, but a predominantly. <laughs> is that a real term? <laughs> that's a real term. You got HBCUs, <laughs> PWIs. Yeah. Okay. I went to HBCU, but I didn't know the oh, other shout school. Shout out. Yes. PWI. Wait, what school? What school? What school is it? Texas Southern University. In oh, Houston. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, I almost went to Howard, actually, sidebar. It was, right. it was really close. It was really close. But no, uh, being at Liberty, specifically being that it was a conservative PWI, I think opened my eye to a whole nother world. I knew nothing about conservatism. I barely really knew much really about politics because it's not really my thing. I really don't like politics and things like that. But being there, hearing some of these values, the more kind of traditional um, values and seeing learning the history and what things are rooted in it really just opened my eyes to a lot of like the systemic kind of racial things mm -hmm. in in our world um, yeah. so yeah i think that struggle as far as like uh bashing heads with other student you know student body members on things of you know social justice issues, racial injustice issues, you know, simple things to us. It's like saying Black Lives Matter is nothing more than, than a sentiment of the fact that our lives matter when people are treating us like we don't, whereas they're thinking, oh, no, that's a terrorist group type stuff, you know? So Yeah, I mean, because you went to school during a time period where, like, everything ooh. was popping off, yeah. like all kinds of Black men getting killed in the streets, women as yeah. well, and... yeah. Yeah, and I remember we literally <laughs> actually won. Uh, man, I think it was, I want to say fall 2018. We actually did a protest on campus. Really wasn't even specifically for like uh, social injustice regarding like black individuals. There was an instance where a student had like dressed up for Halloween because it was like October, November. And they it was around a time where ICE was doing a lot of raids and there was a lot of families, Hispanic families getting broken and mm -hmm. deported kids getting stripped away, all that. And he dressed up like a, or two students dressed up like an ICE agent and an immigrant and tried to, it was just so insensitive and so oh, cool. Gosh. And we really just like, were sick of it. Cause there, there'd been other racially insensitive things done on campus regarding like, you know, I've had multiple friends called the N word 
and all that type of stuff. We just were fed up. So we protested, trying to raise awareness more so about that issue. And then there was the group of students that came over and tried to turn it into a whole like, oh, this is a Black Lives Matter thing. And it really didn't start like that. But I was like, y'all, you know, we were like, y'all want to take it there? Let's take it there. And we had some good dialogues that day, some not so good, you know. But um, that experience, I think, again, definitely molded me into who I am today, you know, even regarding my music. So, I mean, were there like conflicting feelings, though, because you're at this school, a Christian school trying to learn mm-hmm. Christian values, but these yeah. people at the same time are calling you out of your name yeah. and being <laughs> insensitive yeah. with their costumes. Like, how yeah. does, I mean, really, how does that affect your, your walk and your faith? Mm-hmm. I think for me, if I didn't have the support system around me at the time that I had, of like real brothers and sisters in Christ of multiple ethnicities, it would have, it could have really pushed me, pushed me away and made me distant in faith because you see these people who claim Jesus and are going hard during worship services and really, you know, uh, talking about service and all these Christian things, but yet the opportunity to serve uh, someone of another race or ethnicity comes up and it's a political issue to you instead mm-hmm. of like a, oh, this is an opportunity for me to go be the hands and feet of Jesus type thing, yeah. you know? But I had just an amazing support system around me that showed me Jesus every single day, like the real Jesus. Like, I, there's this video I saw where uh, it was a pastor. He was like showing like some of the kind of pictures of like white European Jesus. And was like, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. So like they were that for me every day. And I think understanding that just gave me a sturdy enough foundation, a rooted foundation to be able to stand up against those things and try to try to engage in conversations as tiring as it was. Um, and as much as it hurt, especially people who claim Christ acting that way, trying to telling you to your face that like your life every day as a black woman, black man in America, isn't what you're saying it is when you literally experience it every day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So getting all of that, it was just, we just had a support support system community. Community is key community is definitely key for sure yes 100 percent. so uh you just received your master's of arts yes, i did i got two degrees <laughs> double degreed up i did yeah <laughs> masters <laughs> <laughs> masters in human services uh human services counseling specifically marriage and family was like the uh cognate but yeah Okay, well, congratulations. Thank you very much. I got and that this. came well, from actually, Liberty? That's, that's, my, uh, that's my bachelor's. The, okay. I got to put the master's up. Okay. But yeah, both from Liberty, both from Liberty. Okay, sweet. Um, so also, other con- congratulations go to, the, I guess it's a little dated, but still congratulations for what charged up being on oh, All-American. <laughs> Ooh, let's talk about that for a second, because that I'm still like random times. I remember that, like <laughs> that happened or like I think all Americans on Netflix now, the new seasons on Netflix. So I have people like randomly oh, yeah. tag me and like, is that Karen? I'm just like, that did happen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was crazy. That's so I mean, let's talk about like, when did you even find out that was happening? <laughs> <laughs> so the way I found out was literally I got tagged in an Instagram post. Um, the day of, so like All American aired on like Mondays, every Monday night. That's one of my favorite shows. So I was tuned in every night. 
Okay. It was a terrible decision because there was a lot that left you hanging. They took a lot of mid-season breaks. Anyway, <laughs> I was literally working at work. I get tagged in this post and I, you know, I looked at it and I was like, like oh, this must be uh, kind of like one of those shout out things. I think I literally commented like, hey, appreciate the love or something. I really couldn't look at it like I wanted to because I was working. Yeah. I then get a FaceTime call from Avila who produced Charged Up. Okay. And I'm like, Avila, why are you calling me in the morning? It's like 9 a.m. <laughs> and yeah. so I answered it. And he was like, or no, I texted him because I couldn't answer. And I was like, yo, I'm at work. What's up? Bro, did you see this? He sends me the same post. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, what is this? And I actually really take time to read it. And I realized like it's saying one of my songs is going to be on All American tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> what? So I hit up uh, Travis, my manager, and also the CEO of Culture Villains. I hit him up and I'm like, bro, what is this? What is this? What's going on? You know about this? He was like, whoa, whoa, what is that? What is going on? And so we talked to him, talked to the, uh, our people at Music Makers who are, they, they're the sync company that we basically yeah. made those songs for. And they sent them out and we got it confirmed. And so that night, me, my family, my girlfriend, we all sat down and watched the episode, heard the song. It was so surreal. That is so dope, man. Yeah. Okay. And how would you say that God's presence looks like in your life personally outside of the music? Yeah. Right now, I was actually just having this conversation with somebody the other day. Uh, someone told me not too long ago that they feel like I'm in a refining process. And since they've told me that, I've been kind of seeking God out. Like, what does this mean? Like, what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to work in me? And I was talking to someone the other day about it and I feel like his presence in my right, life right now is refining and like disciplining me mm. as far as ensuring that um I dedicate the time I need to dedicate to our relationship the way I do uh, my other relationships whether it's with my girlfriend whether it's with my family my friends um because my during the week schedule is crazy busy but you make time for the things you love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like God slapped me in the face with that recently. Cause I get so busy sometimes and I, I, I'm a hard worker. I work really hard. And I think very important things get neglected sometimes, such as um, my relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um, as far as like that real one-on-one -on -one time where you're mm -hmm. in the word, where you're praying, you know what I'm saying? I, I talk to God throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I'm saying like, there's never a time where, and it really hasn't been a day recently, I think, in a while where I haven't, like, said something to him during the day, like, you know, help me, Lord, do this, or, God, what's going on? What is this? What do you want me to say in this situation? But yeah. having that one-on-one -on -one time, you know how it is with quality mm -hmm. time. I feel like if God had love languages, quality time definitely <laughs> would definitely be one. <laughs> so definitely, I, I feel like I'm in a refining process where he's just trying to discipline me. So whenever he does elevate and take me to that next level, yeah, that's already set in stone. There's not going to be a chance of me um, getting so busy doing whatever, whatever he, whatever doors he opens for me, there's no chance for me getting so busy where I, I neglect that time. So. Yeah. Okay. Right on. And how did you even get into music in the first place? Whew. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to switch. Uh, just it's crazy. I never thought. Grabzilla. That. <laughs> Literally, so my rap is the freshman freestyle. The first line where I said, "Bless, uh, bless with a gift." I never planned to rap. Yeah, hundred percent real life. I, okay. it was a hobby up until literally my freshman year of college. It was a hobby. Okay. It was something I enjoyed doing. Something that my friends enjoyed 
seeing me doing and really when I started music for real seriously I was 17 it was like my senior year of high school and I started just making songs trying to get my friends like an alternative of something else to listen to um, mm-hmm. other than what they were because uh, okay. it was just a lot of them were just very uh, influenced by what they were listening to and it was an influence in them in the wrong way and I didn't like that so I tried to give them a positive alternative and they liked it okay. so I was like hey I'm gonna do it for this reason I graduated ended up getting some opportunities to perform and just interact with people sharing the gospel and and you know the different messages in my songs with them and it just kind of clicked like this is something that God might want you to really do but even then I was just like you know eh rapping <laughs> you know yeah um, I got to got to college, got to Liberty, and just got surrounded by a lot of different people who who saw that real gift in me um, and poured into it and invested in it and helped me grow in artistry, grow as a, as a man in faith. And just one thing to the next, God's always just open doors and continue opening doors, whether I pray for him to be open or not. And so I was just <laughs> like, you know what? Right. I think in my freshman year, towards the end of my freshman year, I was like, God, I'm along for the ride. Like, if this is what we're doing, let's do it. So. Okay. So, um, what your debut album was problematic. Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, before then, I mean, what from, so (laughs) from you going, what, in high school to problematic? Yeah. How did that look? Fill in the blanks. Uh, (laughs) So my first official single, like studio single, uh, fall 2017 was called Incognito. Um, and that was the first official song I had dropped. Um, and that was, geez, that had to be like the end. Was that the end of my sophomore year? It's either end of my sophomore year. No, I was probably starting my junior year. But uh, leading up to that point, it was just a lot of like refining my craft, trying to get better. I had never really been in a real studio until like the spring of 2017 when Travis of Culture Villains uh, basically brought me in to work with another artist, Big Yay, and that was my first studio session. But Drop Incognito Fall 2017, um, that, you know, it was showing some love. I feel like that was kind of like my foot in the door kind of moment. And from there, uh, joining Culture Villains in 2018, dropping Roll the Dice at the so end of 2018. What is, can you expand on Culture Villains? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Culture Villains uh, is the independent label that I am signed to, um, but also more than that, it's a, a space for believers like ourselves who love Jesus with all their heart, but are very, very just just real down to earth type people. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, we're not we're not the holier than thou, untouchable type. We're very mm-hmm. we're very righteous and ratchet. <laughs> you know, we were ourselves authentic, authentically um, and love Jesus with all of our hearts. And so initially it was created as kind of like a collective mm-hmm. um, for different artists and just to, to have a safe space to express themselves. And it grew into the label side, um, founded, of course, by Travis James. And now it's home to me, home to Zar Josh. Um, and we just been we just rolling. God's really been doing some great things as far as turning that collective, that space into a movement. So, okay. So sorry, so I was interrupting your timeline, but you joined Culture Villains, and then yeah, 2018 dropped "Roll the Dice," which was another single. 
uh, at the bottom, I think it was like December 2018. Um, and then from there, that was kind of like, okay, now my leg's in the door. <laughs> it felt like kind of thing. Um, going into 2019, um, and we dropped our uh, compilation album preseason featuring all the artists on Culture Villains. Um, uh, that, I feel like, was kind of Culture Villains uh, kind of entrance and introduction to the CHH space. Uh, fast forward now through 2019, the fall 2019, September 2019 was when I started working on Problematic. And we talked about actually doing a project. It started out as a mixtape, actually, which I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, so it really wasn't supposed to be like an album, but just the way that the songs were coming. And I think I did like five or six songs at first. And we were like, ah, we need one more kind of, we need one more to tie this all together. And then I came back with like two, three more songs. We're like, these are all fire. Let's put them on there. We still need one more. Came back with another two, three. <laughs> so every time I got asked to make one more song, I made like three. And we kept them all. And it, they all followed a similar theme. And thus Problematic was born. Okay. And you talked about meeting Andy Minio in 2015 and then opening up for him in 2019. Yes. Yes. Oh, you do research, research. <laughs> and, uh, I did a said that in a TikTok challenge. Yeah. So Andy, Andy, honestly, is my favorite artist. Um, like overall, not just in this space, but like overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I met him at the Anomaly Tour in Norfolk, Virginia, which is like thirty minutes from Virginia Beach. Um, back in 2015, and he did like a pre-show Q and A meet and greet kind of thing. So I got mm -hmm. those tickets, met them, got to talk to him a little bit. Fast forward all the way to fall, September of 2019, um, I got asked to open for him at Liberty for a student activities uh, mm -hmm. show. Okay. And that just occurred because I had done a couple of student activity shows leading up to that. So it just builds a relationship with, with student activities and um, some of the leadership there. And they reached out to me and were like, hey, we're going to try to get this approved, but would you like to open for Andy? I was like, would I? <laughs> that was crazy. That was insane getting to just kind of kind of see him again and talking to him um, and getting to do that show. And that was insane. Um, you've also received love from the crew hip hop corner for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> my guys, I love the crew. <laughs> I love the crew, man. It, a lot of people, I guess, I think they get on a lot of people's skin just because of their takes and then and controversial takes and things, but I just love how real and authentic they are. I can, I can respect that a hundred percent. So I appreciate it. every time they show love or anytime anybody shows love. I appreciate it a hundred percent. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess this kind of goes to your experience at Liberty too, though, but the importance mm -hmm. of making songs like what bottom and speaking on the experience of a black man in yeah, say, yeah, yeah, both of them, yeah, that song as well as the song Thug on Problematic, both are uh specifically on the topic of racial injustice. Thug was more so, um, a conversation with the church with Christians about how we're approaching it and looking at it. And then both of them was just more so of a real life, like, you know, what's a good day for a black man in America? Here you go. Um, so I think my experience, like you said, at Liberty, mm -hmm. being faced, being, uh, having to face head on um, the effects of racism as far as like people being just completely ignorant mm -hmm. to the fact that 
our reality is a different reality than theirs. People be ignorant to the fact of, even though slavery was however many years ago, something like that doesn't just go away. There's lasting effects, you know what I'm saying, um, on a systemic level. Um, so it made me, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to myself as a black man and to my community of black people to not use my platform to continue to to push for the betterment and the quality of our lives. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Christian first, I'm a Christ follower first, but I'm still black. <laughs> and I, and I want people to know that. Like, I don't know, I know this tan might be confusing, but <laughs> I'm thoroughly, you know what I'm saying? Like that whole, like, and this might be a tangent, but that whole, I don't see color thing, I don't really like yeah. it. Because I feel like God created us all uniquely and different for a reason with different cultures and yeah. all that to celebrate one another. You know what I'm saying? If you don't and see you color, can... then you don't see me. You about to see. Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. I was about to say it. That right there, you don't see me, you don't see what I'm going through and what we are going through. So And then what's the title? What is Botham? Botham was actually um in reference to Botham John who was a man who was killed. Oh my goodness. Was it back? I can't remember the year specifically, but he was killed by an off duty police officer who went into his apartment thinking oh. that he had broken into hers. You might've remembered the yeah, story yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was and like she, you know, three years or something. Yeah. 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 And so she lived like a level above him and, and she, you know, was claiming to be tired and everything from working 12, 13 hour shift. Mm-hmm. Thought he broke in, came in, shot him. And for me, it wasn't like the situation. It was more so the aftermath of it in terms of the way she was treated on trial. She was, I felt like she was really coddled mm-hmm. as, as many, um, you know, white people are in those criminal situations. And yeah. I feel like her sentencing wasn't appropriate, especially not when black women and men in, are in jail for weed when weed is legal in other places exactly. and like all that it's just it was yeah. just i felt like it showed the systemic side of things for sure it, it wasn't necessarily the situation that was racial it was the, i feel like the aftermath for me and so kind of reflecting on that creating a song just about the, the black experience in america was where that kind of stemmed from okay so um you now are repzilla freshman Whew, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean does it seem like everything is happening kind of quickly to you or no <laughs> yes 100 percent, yes yeah i think like i said god's just continued to open door after door after door and like i didn't know when i told him like <laughs> i'm down for the ride i didn't know it was gonna go this fast you know <laughs> but no like rapzilla i'm i was so grateful and honored to be a part of this class specifically being that we this class is revolutionary you know first first class to do a cypher mm. first class to have a showcase yeah. um you know just just all we were able to do in atlanta um but it's crazy it's like full circle because i grew up like looking up rapzilla like as a kid trying to find music you know yeah. to now be listed as a freshman i'm completely grateful and honored and that concert was lit that was a really great experience. it was crazy <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. We were all kind of like skeptical because like people weren't allowed to get the pool and we're yeah. like, I was just going to work with the people. Yeah. But it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. 
Yeah, I didn't even know there was a pool at that facility. I was just like, how's there a pool party? Because I had been there because, you know, Hillsong, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I had been there, but I ain't seen no pool. Yeah, it was like, you had to go outside. What is happening? (laughs) Yeah, that was an amazing experience for sure. That's cool. And I mean, the whole Cyphers was dope too. Kind of... I wish that they all like were just released so I can just watch them, like binge them all. But it's like slow pieces yeah. of little chunks of you guys in your <laughs> So, yeah, the full ciphers are actually on YouTube, on Rapzilla's YouTube. Um, oh, they're all out they're, now? All three of them are out now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, shameless okay. plug, go check out yeah. the ciphers. Okay. So then I think I am caught up then. I think the latest one was the one with... Um, was it Jackie Soul on that one? Were you the latest? Yeah, one yeah. Or the second to latest. So uh, the one I was in was the second. Yeah. But the latest one had Jackie Soul, George Rose, Big Breeze, um, right. and Mark Stevie. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah. I mean, it was um, the cipher was though the experience. Like I specifically remember you at the concert because you were you left the stage oh, and ran up a flight of stairs. Wait, I didn't know you were there. That's crazy. Yeah. There's, oh, wow, there's so many people there. Yeah, I did during uh time for real, which is out now. <laughs> we got to debut that song. We got to debut that song, and I was just like, I gotta do something. I don't know <laughs> what made me feel that way. I was like, I gotta do something. This is this is kind of one of those like one in the one in a lifetime opportunities where you're really in front of so many people like there were so many uh bigger i guess you can say for lack of better words you know yeah. chh artists there and personalities and mm-hmm. uh, Letitia wright was there from yeah. black panther mm-hmm. like it was one of those days where it's like you know time to make a statement a little bit you know <laughs> so yeah so that was all impromptu just spur of the moment you're like i'm just gonna run up these stairs yeah i was literally like if you go back to like like rapzilla's live stream on youtube Mm -hmm. while jack is doing the hook you can kind of see me looking around because i was like (laughs) i'm about to go somewhere where am i going and yeah okay that was cool um wait i'm sorry hold hold on sorry my grandma is here visiting you good all good you're good it's all good i'm almost done with this interview grandma it's cool i'll put on it it's gonna autoplay the next episode of wyatt earp is coming right on okay okay Uh, maybe like 15 more minutes. His name is Cam. Hi, Grandma. Ham? What? Can't, can't, what? <laughs> what's your name is, baby? My my name is Cam, ma'am. Cam. Okay. Yeah, I know okay. it's spelled a little different. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I, well, okay. Well, you you spot out with a, a C, with a K, with a, oh, a K H actually. Oh, oh okay. You yeah. Know. Okay. Black folks always being creative. Instead you know, of using the C, you know. we gotta use a K. Okay. Okay. You know, you gotta be unique. Well, um, you mind Cam if if I say a prayer for you? Oh no, please. That'll be appreciated. Lord, Lord. Lord, I want to bless this young rapper, Cam. Cam, who rhymes with ham. 
Lord, I know when's when's the last time I had me some ham? It's been a minute. But I know I had me some bacon this morning and for lunch and, and yeah. I'm going to get my bacon, Lord. I love pig, Lord. I, yeah. I show is grateful you created the pig. Thank you, Father. Such a cute, fat, ugly thing that produces yeah. just tasty meats. Mm, just tasty, Lord. But a little, oh yeah, back, back, back to this young man, Cam. Mm-hmm. Cam, he got so much energy on stage, Lord. My, my grandbaby came back and told me how he was running up a flight of stairs, Lord. He must have had that Holy Spirit, Lord, just, just yes, boosting Lord. him up them Lord. stairs, Lord. I, I couldn't do that. I mean, her telling me the story just made my heart skip a few beats. Cause I, I don't know this young fella. He he could have slipped and fell in the pool. Okay, can't he even swim? I hope he can swim. You know they say most black folk can't swim, but I sure hope even if he couldn't swim, Lord, that that Holy Spirit would just take over and just just get them arms and them feet just kicking and bring them bring them back to the surface, Lord. Yes, God. Lord, I I I. I I'm just glad that he can shuffle up them stairs, Lord, because I sure enough can. But, Lord, this young man, he got a fire burning for you, Lord. And and I pray that it burns long, just long and strong like them California fires, Lord. I want them fires to go out, Lord, but I don't want that fire in his in his heart for you, Lord, to go out. Just just let his little light shine bright, Lord. Let it shine bright like his big old smile you will bless him with, Lord. I pray these things, Lord, in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome, young man. You're you're welcome. I'm going to let you get back to my grandbaby, and I'm going to go finish this wider. Nice to meet you, Pam. It was nice to meet you, too, ma'am. All right. Gay Licker, he he read it for you. I done blessed him with a little prayer. He He should be good for you now. All right. Sorry. Your grandma is so sweet. I appreciate so that. Sweet. She she's sweet. Um she I guess sweet is a word you could say. <laughs> but um now I'd like to move on to our four song breakdown. Oh yeah, let's do it. So the artist raps or recites a verse and discusses what's going on between the <clears throat> lines of the song story. So for you, I chose sure. praise, drive me home, serotonin and Wilm. Wilm. Yeah. It's the country hit. Okay. And um, also, I mean, if you wanted to switch out one of them for um, oh my gosh, the one that you just released right now, um, from the Rob, it's on the Robzilla. Yeah, Rob- time for real. Yeah, time for real. If you want to mm-hmm. do one of those, switch out one of the songs I listed for that. We can definitely do that since it's oh, a yeah. song. Definitely, most definitely. Okay, but if you want to start with praise, so I don't have a song called Praise. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were joking. <laughs> you're good you're good i would see i just be rolling with the punches no, don't. I, I was like yeah let me say this back my 
Okay, for you it was <laughs> problematic because I, I was like, why is it time for real on here? Problematic, yeah. the time for real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you were good. Okay. <laughs> and if you had anything new that you wanted to, um, yeah, share. yeah, we can definitely start with problematic. Okay. Sure. Let's do problematic. I want to do first, first, or second verse. I'm gonna do first verse. Let's do first verse. All right, so I can go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to do first verse, a problematic, and it goes like this. My tolerance for incompetence has been dwindling. My appetite for excellence is still magnificent. My patience for politics has been diminishing. Before you approach me, check, check your intentions, man. Running off determination and adrenaline. Jogging around the opposition, claiming residence. Last call all aboard, how I'm closing in. On everything I've been imagining, you know I've been problematic. When I approach the beat, man, you should know what's bound to happen. When I approach the beat, man, you should know what's bound to happen. Y'all stay mad and fake online, but I got real life happening. Life and notion, my story too deep, more than a caption. I'm more concerned about retention than who Twitter canceling. If you don't invest in you, then who gonna be the benefactor? Don't let them own your masters because they'll become your master. Then they'll label you a slave from the land of what's free. They trying to put me in a cage, man. Mm, okay. So, the whole premise, the whole premise of the problematic album was just me addressing different issues and things in society that not only affected me personally, but just affects our world um, and coming at them with what I believe are the solutions. Um, and the whole like slogan, I guess you can say for the album was um, I'm a problem to my problems. So mm-hmm. that song specifically um was really just addressing straight on uh, different things in, you know, issues in the music industry as far as like the aim, don't let them own your masters, um, different things. Once again, social justice, um, just my approach to handling problems and which is heading them face on, you know, yeah. and in that sense, it makes me a problem to my problems, which makes me problematic. Really, so. <laughs> Dope. Okay, okay. And time for real. That's what Red Tips in. Red Tips, Jack of Soul, produced by Scooty Wop. Shout out to all of them. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Scooty produced that. Okay. He sure did. He went bananas <laughs> on the beat. But yeah, time for real. That has been getting a lot of love. So I, I can't wait. I would love to break it down. So <clears throat> let's get into it. So it goes like this Can't be gently when it's time to work. You see gold on my neck. I'm in first. I buy my baby a Birkin, but I know she after a whole nother purse. And my dog trying to stay out the dirt. The life that he living is sort of incidental. Either the streets gonna press him like a pedal or they put the muzzle on him in the kennel. How can I quit on my fellows when the fella need could forfeit their right to be free? Or the consequence for a small offense of having locked the 20 AD? I want to sit with the DA, though I ain't gonna be PC. I'm young with an MA, but I was killing tracks in the first degree. Uh, ankle broke. Angle broke, I ain't come here to play today. Fan was low, had to pay just to make a wage. How you cope without knowing you'll be okay? I don't know, but I know he gonna make a way. My only option, go ball like a titan. I could care less if they remember me. Time is the essence. Expect me to empty every single clip out of the magazine. All right, right on. <laughs> Some sneaky lines in there. Yes, Some yes. sneaky lines in there. So that whole song, just for context, was really trying to motivate people to just pursue their God given purpose uh, with zero hesitation, zero reserve, just going after it, going after it hard. 
and not wasting time on like some of the little things that can hold us back from that. Uh, some of the small worries in life, you know, the Bible literally says, you know, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow brings its own worries and cares. Focus on what is, you know, basically focus on what's before you today and go after it as unto God. Um, so uh, first line of my verse can't be chilling when it's time to work is literally just that, you know, when it's time, when it's time to go, it's time to go. You got to go hard, give it a hundred percent. And, you know, again, for me, the constant kind of underlying theme in all my music is just like, you have God given purpose. Uh, your potential isn't just meant to stay potential forever. It's, it's a, it's meant to turn into God given purpose. Um, and I feel like for me, my God given purpose is to one day use whatever platform God gives me to uh, just affect change in whether it's in my community, in the black community, dealing with the issues uh, such as like criminal reform and racial, systemic racial things, um, or dealing with youth. I love, love kids and working with youth. Um, and the line about, you know, my dog trying to stay out the dirt, the life to live in sort of incidental was really me thinking about some of my young boys and things uh, here in the city I'm in now in Lynchburg and what they're faced with on a day-to-day basis as far as you know they hang with me and and uh, certain of my peers and they get kind of like one view of life but then they got to go right back home to the streets you know and they don't have a way that that's where they live that's where they stay yeah and it's like it's incidental because it's like it's just put in their face every day even though we, we give them an escape for maybe a couple of hours on a weekend or something but you know I, I feel like them following me on social media and you know watching me and watching how my career has grown because they've been with me since before any of this happened mm-hmm. and so okay. them kind of seeing like me graduate and doing yeah. all these things while doing music it's giving them like a view of another another way out but it's just so difficult being that they're surrounded by their surroundings yeah. all the time so so yeah wow okay and uh, you you got a lot going on that's yeah. It's cool that you have all that outside of the music. It's not just about sure. music. Not at all. No. Um, did you have another song or verse or something that you wanted to do? Um, you know what? We can break down the rap to the freshman cipher verse. Let's yeah. do that. I know a lot of people <laughs> are still trying to break down a lot from there. Okay. Um, we can do that. Let's do that. Um. Blessed with a gift, I never planned to rap. A rapport builder, I relate by reporting facts. A lot of allies, bad apples, how I figured that. Surely who you rooting for gonna show me where you planted that. Craving food for thought, I could spare him a breadcrumb. We don't look to y'all no more, it's my new anthem. What I'm building, got a strict floor plan. Take the cream out the Oreo, we cutting out the middle man, killing them. A lot of these dudes like flat braille, I ain't feeling them. My mind, Titanic, ship them off, then I'm sinking them. If the connection bad, shut it off or you're going to sync with them. Cam raps, killer cam, same difference. That's a synonym. Tactical syntax. I'm black like the berry you call through. I mean, I'm black like a berry. I bear fruit. You see how easily words can get twisted. That's why I mind to run my own business. You dig it. See me the gang, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, There's okay. a lot to unpack in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Man, like my whole approach really when when I came when it came to like writing for the Rapzilla Cipher 
was firstly just thinking back to thinking back to like what the OG cipher was like just in hip hop in general, you know, cyphers was a time where like the real MCs came out and like just brought their best bars mm-hmm. and just gave it their all, you know? And I think being a part of the class, I got to be, got to do the first rap zoo of cipher. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that old school kind of energy to it. Um, and while also staying true, like I said, to what the real underlying uh, kind of message in all my music, is uh, which is where you get the references to uh things like you know a lot of bad apple a lot of allies bad apples how i figured that surely who you're rooting for going to be planted at um back in 2020 there was a lot of performative activism going on as far mm-hmm. as people you know posting the black square and doing all these different things trying to make it seem like they're you know trying to spread awareness but it was just a it was a pr stunt type thing yeah. you know um and even down to um, when I'm building, got a straight floor plan, take the cream out the Oreo, we're cutting out the middleman. That specifically was a reference to the music industry and how there are a lot of white executives um, kind of gatekeeping yeah. the music industry and capitalizing off Black people, uh, Black artists, without really caring about them. You know, you see so many artists on drugs and uh, depressed and all this, and they're not getting the care they need. And it's just like, pump out another hit for us. We need money. Pump out another yeah. hit. So that was what I had in mind. But also there's a, you know, there's very, there's definitely a racial uh, undertone to that as well. Um, but yeah, then there was the, uh, the, a lot of other lines. It was just, I was just trying to, just trying to bring bars back, man. I was just trying to come heavy. I was trying to rap rap <laughs> for the cypher. So <laughs> mission like accomplished. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that, that Rapzilla weekend though, because yeah. Like, I just saw the concert, which was, what, Sunday. So, yeah. then seeing the cypher come out, like, obviously, you guys were there for a day or two okay. and kind of put things together. So, how did that yeah. whole weekend look like for you as an artist? Yeah, little little BTS. Uh, so, we all kind of came in Friday evening. Um, and basically, that night, we actually shot the video for Time For Real that night. Okay. Uh, coming in so we were supposed to come in and get dinner but everyone got in at different times so we ate a little bit went shot the video we stopped shooting the video i think we finished at like 2 a.m it was late we were working <laughs> yeah so did that that was friday night saturday um we basically all just really got to hang out fellowship get breakfast together uh well different we kind of split up into different groups but did that and then saturday night was when we went uh, and shot all the cypher videos, some extra content. You're probably seeing a lot of people post different like pictures with like mm-hmm. similar backgrounds. It was like yeah. we shot photos, we did photo shoots, uh, freshman class photos, ciphers, all that, um, which led into Sunday, of course, doing the actual show. Um, but it was really a jam-packed weekend. Just if we weren't working on, on music-related things, we were just working with each other. People were making music. Um, I think Rapzilla did like a acoustic sessions with some artists um, okay. during Saturday during that time. And other than that, it was just a lot of fellowshipping and connecting. So, yeah. That sounds pretty amazing. So how would you say God's presence looks like in your life musically? We talked personally. What about music? Mm. Yeah. Musically, I think it's, his presence is pushing me to be more transparent about 
just my story, because like I said earlier, I, I do believe that I kind of fall into that unique, like middle ground Christian journey story where it's like, you know, I haven't had the crazy, you know, unfortunate, just horrendous, tragic things happen. But I also just not been perfect at all. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times people in the middle find themselves in a place where they're like, I feel like things could be better, but I don't know how. I don't know why. And a lot of that, a lot of that uncertainty um, can can lead into other things. So um, I feel like more than ever, just pushing home my underlying message about just God-given purpose and doing that through being transparent about my life, which is what you're going to get with a lot of this new music that's coming out here very, very soon. Okay. Very, very soon. Okay. Very, very. <laughs> Three very. Like in the next month soon. Okay. Exclusive. Exclusive. Okay. Um, well, we'll have to talk so I can try to time your interview coming out around the same time as you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. Okay. So, um, now that you've completed this whole interview process, who would you like to see me interview? Whose testimony would you like to hear? Mm. Oh man, let me think really quick. Off the top, my man, uh, uh Zara Josh, of course, cause he actually, uh, his testimony is really a unique one as well. He, he deals with uh, like speech impediments, like stuttering. Okay. Except when he raps. Only time he doesn't start is when he raps. So I okay. and, and then obviously that's led to a lot of other different, you know, things like depression, anxiety, things yeah. like that. Um, so I would definitely reach out to him. And even um honestly, have you I'm not sure if you've done this already, but uh, like Rockstar JT, have you Yeah. Rockstar is my guy. I um interviewed him last year, so that's Okay, that's for cool. sure, because I know his yeah. story is amazing. Actually, I've interviewed him twice, but the <laughs> most recent one was last year. Let me think real quick. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure if you've interviewed Jay. Have you interviewed Jay Crumb before? Mm-mm. Jay Crumb would be a very good one, too. Uh, thoroughly, yeah. He actually experienced a lot of church hurt okay. early on. And so, yeah, doing him, that would be, that would be really good. Cool. Appreciate that. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. However you consume us, thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, share the show, share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.